Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Stargirl Podcast. I'm Lizzie, and I'm here with Angie, and we are talking about episode 11 of season three, which should almost be titled, What in the World is This Episode? Because <laughs> I cannot. Angie, save me from this episode. What is well, this? Okay, so the episode is called The Haunting. And I feel like I am being haunted by my memories of how good the show was because it started off in the flashback, right? Like, remember when Yolanda leapt off a building to save Courtney? Like, ah, the good old days. Yeah. I remember when this show was about the kids? Yeah. And not so a man having a tantrum, a grown man having a tantrum. A couple of grown men. It's mm. like that's all we've had this season. Either I'm subjected to Sylvester's tantrums. Now I have to talk to worry about Jordan. Like, what is this? Like, the only adults, the only new adults that mattered were killed off. Okay? Mm-hmm. They killed off the only new adults that mattered. But now I have to like. I will even take the creepy grandparents at this point. Why am I still here with Jordan? Okay, I cannot for the life of me understand why they looked at everyone um, they've ever had on the show and thought, mm, you know what season three needs? Jordan McKent. Now that's what season three needs. Like, what? No, I have no. Okay. Let's talk about it. Okay, because I think the first like suspicious, he's always like a suspicious character, right? But he, like, goes to his home and he doesn't immediately try to find his kid. Like, if you compare that to when Courtney came back and Barbara was like, oh, my God, my daughter. And then she, like, moved on and hugged Pat and all that, right? Like, that's the correct reaction. The fact that you as a parent don't immediately try to go find your kid when when you haven't seen them in person for a year, that's immediately suspicious. Yeah. No, it's just everything about it, the storytelling decision that got us here is suspect at best. And then sort of the way they, the characters have reacted in the show is just not good. Like, I, I, I think this is all about camera. Like, they're doing all of this to sort of frame camera and story. But we only have two more episodes. They took so so long to get camera and story here. Um that we don't really have time to explore it. We don't have time to do anything with the chip. I don't even care. Like they were cute once upon a time. And now I'm like, just save me from this hell. Like Courtney, run away. Run away yeah. from that boy. Everyone was right. And I'm sorry I said Rick wasn't right. Rick, you were right. <laughs> run away from that boy. He's trouble. Like I just. I maybe this is where I was always supposed to end up agreeing with Rick. You know what? I'm surprisingly like agreeing with Starman also, though, which I thought I would never say. Like, I really thought I would never say that. But Courtney at the end of the episode is being super naive. There's just no way that, and we know now at the like final scene of the episode that Icicle isn't being genuine in his like, oh, let's work together because clearly he's working with the ultra humanite. So I find myself in a position where I am begrudgingly agreeing with Starman, who is this grown man throwing a temper 
but who is actually kind of correct in that they should just go after Icicle and just like be done with it. Right. And that's, isn't that almost worse, Angie? Like, I feel like the, to add insult to injury, this episode made me agree with Starman. Like, mm-hmm. how are we here? Like, it just, the, the episode spends too much time with Starman and Icicle. And like, the kids are barely around, like, other than Courtney. Uh, there are some family dynamics, but not many. We And then we have to be subject to the pain of losing her parents that Artemis, like, it was just too much. There was nothing really, like, uplifting about the episode. And I know, like, as you're going into the end of the season, you want the drama. But, like, this show has done the drama well before. Um, so it just feels like this season has been... Like, I'm almost, I know we talked about this, I think, last podcast, and I said I, if the ending was good, I watched the ending. At this point, I'm like, I'm just going to forget season three exists. I'm just going to be like, because that's just, I don't know what is there to salvage. That scene with Rick, when they're talking in the cafeteria, like two or three scenes, and that's it. You know, I would... I would watch YouTube videos of the montages of the Crocs just busting into the Whitmore Dugan house and like making smoothies. Like that was adorable. All of the Croc interactions. And like when, when I watched both Barbara and Pat react to the news about finding out the Crocs were dead, like the fact that like I got so upset about them being upset like, it just shows us how well those characters were done, which, again, it makes me so angry that they just done it. Yeah. I think my my biggest problem is that I felt more for Pat and Barbara than I felt for Artemis. And that only has to do, like, the Artemis stuff was well done, but I think that has to do with the fact that we have never gotten enough of Artemis. So to now center an episode on her pain, which and the, her pain is real and valid, and obviously she's in pain. She just got her parents back, and now they're taking from her. Like, it's... But wouldn't it have been way more impactful if we'd actually gotten to see a, even a little bit of this kid, like, at, at any point? We, we knew her parents. We are sad because we got to know them and we like them as characters. And we're sad because of the relationships they developed with Pat and Barbara. But her, like, I, I think we're sad intellectually and we could be sadder um, in, a, in, in an emotional way because I just don't think they did that enough. And, like, to use her just as a character who's now sad, like, there was so much more to do with her character than just kill her parents and now, well, she's angry. Yeah, it would have been really interesting to just see like how she could fit herself into the JSA with her like legacy with her parents and her parents um, encouraging her, giving her whatever like speeches about what it means to be like a hero or villain, blah, blah, blah. Like all of that would have been really interesting. Also, I think that was like the first time we saw her bedroom. Right. The first time we saw her bedroom is when she was just losing her mind in grief, which is really unfortunate because I feel like the bedroom of a character like tells you so much about the character. So if we saw just another scene of like her and her parents in her room, like I think that would have given us a lot more insight into her. But honestly, we don't 
we like didn't have that much. Yeah, I I just feel like that was a lost opportunity completely. And though I was sad, I think the best part of the episode, ironically, it was the emotional stuff with the Crocs or the reaction about the Crocs because we did care about the Crocs. And in that regard, the show did well in this season because we always cared about the Crocs this season. Um, They were delightful characters and I am really sad to lose them. And and ironically, it's one of those things where like, man, um, like thinking about a season four without them would have been like, Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the episode just, even that those moments were sort of undercut by how much the episode wanted me to care about Jordan and Cameron, even though, like, he, like you said, it wasn't even about Jordan and Cameron at the beginning, though then it was supposed to be, but I didn't feel it. Um, like, I felt, ironically, in season one, I did feel like Jordan cared for his kid. Like, and and now I was just like, okay, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Jordan is just, I'm so over Jordan. I was over Jordan two seasons ago. What are we doing here? Right? Like, I would have, like, I, I, I don't know if they thought, well, Ultra Humanite uh, by himself is not, not just, like, a big villain. Um, But I, I'm fine with Ultra Humanite by himself. Like, I would have taken that. Like, I don't know. Why am I getting Icicle? Like, I would have taken any villain, even, like, villains are not that important. Like, if I, I think... Sometimes superhero shows think that we're watching because of the villains or the fight scenes, and we're just watching because of the interactions between the main characters. Mm-hmm. So, if the JSA had had like good moments all season, and the end sort of villain would have been disappointing, we would have been like, "But who cares?" Because I love my JSA, and instead we're like, "Where is the JSA again?" Like mm-hmm. I don't even know if they talk to each other. I still don't know who's feeding Rick, um, and like just. <laughs> It's two episodes to go. We're never going to find out how that kid ate. I know. And I don't think we're ever going to see Beth's new costume, too, unless they save it for, like, a reveal at the end. But then, like, it's the end of the series. And that actress could have had so many cool episodes with a new costume. Right. I'm mad about it. I'm mad about a lot of things. I am mad about a lot of things. The one thing I'm not mad at is Cindy and Mike. And Jackie, I am not mad about that. Okay, uh, and then that those are the things about the show that that actually, in general, make me angry because there are some things that work really well. Um, and Cindy and Mike and Jackie are one of them because it makes no sense, but it makes sense. Yeah, there's just there's such opposites, and it's so funny to watch. Like. I like the role that Mike and Jaquim have been doing this season of providing the like much needed silliness to offset me being mad at other things. Right. Like if they if we didn't have that, I would have been a lot more angry at this season. I, I agree. And they I thought they were not using them correctly at some point of the season, but I think they have been delightful at every turn. Um and it wouldn't have made sense for them to sort of um, become part of the JSA when the JSA isn't even working that well, um, r- at least right away. But this way, I actually, I find I find Jakim adorable. And I think he works really well with Mike. And, and honestly, I, I, I really enjoy it. And the thing with Cindy, 
Like, I thought it was just going to be a joke for one episode. And then they played it off as a joke. And I was surprised it continued. And now I was like, okay, I love it. <laughs> this is my team. Like, I just, I like it. Watch, they, like, wouldn't it be great if they got a spinoff? I would watch that. Oh, like, honestly, I would watch any spinoff with Cindy. Cindy is a delightful character. The thing is, I would watch this show as it was before. I yeah. just don't like this show when it is about the adults. And by the adults, I mean anyone who's not Pat and Barbara in a supporting care type, which they were doing and working. Um, I don't, I don't, and like, as much as we talk about the original Dr. Midnight, we also didn't really want him to come and be the center of the show. We just wanted him to stand in the corner where he is. <laughs> yeah. So we could appreciate him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but instead, this show, this season has become so much about the adults and not in a constructive way either. Like I've spent all this time with Sylvester and he still has not really apologized to Pat for the way he's treated him his entire life. So I just, I don't get, um, and then I, we've been subjected to Sylvester's uh, temper tantrums. And again, even when Sylvester has a point and he hasn't always had a point with his tantrums, uh, but even when he has a point, at, like when you're on episode 11 and you're like, oh, he's throwing a tantrum, but he is right. Um, it's so much harder to root for him when he's thrown five tantrums this season and he's been wrong almost every time so you're like oh my god here this dude goes again yeah it's hard to care about what's going on with starman and what's going on with icicle because for both of those characters we understood them to be dead for a long time and we accepted it and they weren't like important enough for me to really care that they came back like, yeah, when Starman came back at the, what was that, season one? That was interesting. And we were like, oh, what yeah. does this mean for Courtney? But just how it, like, played out, they could have just stayed dead. Right. And that would have made room for other interesting things to happen for the characters we actually like watching. Right. They, they brought him back. And then they brought back a lot of the JSA in didn't really use the ones that were more interesting in in a good way. Like I would have given Starman and Courtney for any scene between Beth and Dr. Midnight. Like that made more sense to me, that mentorship than Starman and Stargirl. Like Courtney was doing fine uh, without Starman. Beth was not doing fine before she found her mentor sort of like, so that made more sense, but instead we had to watch Sylvester teach Courtney tricks with the staff, which she already knew how to use and she was kicking ass with. So, and then, yeah, and then on top of that, to be subjected to Jordan McCant, um, again, it's like, and then we have two episodes and then I guess, uh, the, the problem is that also every every second spent with Jordan McCant and this storyline and what they're sort of trying to do with Courtney and um, Cameron, which does not work and will not, probably not have a good resolution unless they're going to fix it in 3.5 seconds. Is that I'm wasting time. I still don't know enough about what's going on with Rick. Um, are they going to solve that in three seconds in the finale? I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> I, I'm already so mad. But I'm going to find a way to be even angrier. 
It turns out he's just been living at the chapels' house this whole time, and no one told us. Right, and like, and he's losing control of his. Back. What is happening to him? It doesn't matter. Like, then he's got no adult to call him out on. Like, it's just it. It's. But everyone's worried about Sylvester at every second. No one's worried about the teenager. Which doesn't make sense. Also, what doesn't make sense is like, how did Jordan heal alone in a sewer? And then also, where did he get his clothes? Where did the clothes come from? This is what was bothering me the entire time because he like emerges in his like three piece suit or whatever, right? And I'm like, where, where was that? Right, and also as you said, he's made of trash now. Like he's he made is of trash now, literally, literal trash. Which I mean, not surprising, but no one really comments on it. Which is the first thing I would say. Like you are literal trash water. That's what you are. And like uh, the other frustrating thing is like Cameron starts asking the right questions. Like, why didn't you heal at home? That doesn't make sense. Why were you gone for a year? Why didn't you tell me anything? Oh, I did to protect you, whatever. Right. But then he kind of turns around and he believes his dad's BS. He goes to Courtney's house and is like, oh, my dad just wants us all to live in peace. And even Courtney's like, what? It's like when you say it like that, even Courtney, that's just a measure of how ridiculous the, the storyline is. Because Courtney is a character that they've sort of set up as a character we will believe, um, believes anything. Like she is always unbearably naive. But that's sort of the setup of the character. So when we're sitting here and being like, even Courtney thinks this is too much. Like you know that it is like Cameron, come on. And he was like trying to compare the accountability of his dad's actions versus the Crocs, but, like, Jordan was way more of, like, the mastermind, right? Like, the Crocs were more of the lackeys. They were more, like, chaotic. They really... We saw them kill people to, like, directly help their daughter, but not kill, like, not willing to kill millions of people for some insane global plan that, like, Jordan has. So I think there's definitely a diff... I mean, I'm clearly, like, a Croc apologist at this point. I'll, I'll I'll admit it, but there's clearly a difference in like their actions and their like motivations that we have to consider, right? And then Cameron himself, like I've liked Cameron's character pretty well through throughout the show. The Cameron's character himself doesn't really make all that much sense. Not that he believes his dad. That's not the problem. Um, the problem is that he hasn't been set up correctly. We keep being thrown pieces of information about Cameron, like um, the mental health issues, like the, the things with the mom. And like, at no point have they made any effort to sort of put the puzzle together so we can sort of understand why Cameron does the things he does and reacts to the things he does. Like His whole thing with Rick has always not made sense. Like, it's just too alpha males. Like, what is it like? Uh, what am I supposed to understand here? Because Rick's anger, like, Rick is a more understandable character. Like, Rick is reacting in the same way as Cameron, but we already know Rick is just mad at the world. Since we understand Rick, um, that part of the, the whole macho thing that they got going on is more understandable. But then Cameron's like a sweet kid 
when everyone he sees Rick and like he goes up to like, <laughs> what is going on here? Yeah, is there like a like third grade field trip that we didn't hear about and like Rick pushed him or something and ever since then they've hated each other like just one little story would have made all of that make sense because you're right there's no reason for them to like rev their car engines at each other and stuff like for no reason it's just like Kim that that's sort of what Cameron seems to be like the character who like because he's hanging on to like what I think are small sort of grudges. And then dad is like, oh, yeah, you're and I know it's his dad. But sort of I just don't think that she has given me enough to understand the character. So every time I'm like, even his whole thing with Courtney um, is sometimes hard for me because he had a right to be angry with her over and over again. Um, he got over that really fast. And then he got really mad. at like, it, it was like, it's been a weird roller coaster of, how he treated his relationship with Courtney, which went from zero to 10,000 in two episodes um, after nothing for a long, long time. I don't know. I, I wanted to care for them, and I did before we got... Well, maybe it's just Jordan. I don't know. Maybe yeah. my issue is just Jordan. Like maybe I could have gotten over my other issues if I had... If I if I we didn't have Jordan, he if he hadn't just come on come into yeah. the show to kill the Crocs. Even if it was like just the ultra humanite, I would have done better with it. Like if for some somehow the giant ultra humanite was able to fit in the sewer, I would have suspended my disbelief for that. Yeah, yeah, the clothes, uh, like you. I'm not even going to go into that. But yeah, I know the show, like we've also done podcasts for Superman and Lois. Like we know these shows require a level of suspension of disbelief. Um, like with Clark's beard, which is not a thing that has ever made sense. Uh, but the, the Stargirl wasn't ever that show. Like things sort of uh, made sense. And now they really, really don't. And it's like, do I even care about the plan? Like the ultra human icicle, like how, why are they working together? I have to ask myself, do I actually care? And do I want to waste the time like hearing that, like all of that backstory of how we got to here? And I'm not like, I just, I just want to see the kids. Like, Yolanda's phone call with her mom. I want to see how her like family dynamic shakes out. I want to see what how like how Rick is doing with the hourglass. I want to see Beth and uh, and her yeah. parents were good now. Like yeah, the thing with Yolanda too. Like when they first introduced her, and there was a storyline with her family. I was really hopeful that they were gonna go somewhere with it. They never did, but now by not doing so, they sort of turn her into a stereotype. Um, and that's what happens when you introduce stories like that and don't give them nuance. Um, and and it's they don't have time to fix it now. Uh, so in, in a way, I almost wish they would have ignored it because it's just it just adds to the list of we have not spent time on all the interesting stories, the kids. Rick and Beth, which could have been a thing. Yolanda and General's family. 
because oh there are other white men we can revive even like remember yolanda has a brother like who's like also in like her having a brother is like comics accurate right. too so like there could have been interesting things done like overall with her family too and it's just not um and like you said like having dr midnight around as, as a mentor would have been really interesting and really easy on the eyes as a bonus but not something we got so yeah i think that's kind of where i'm landing for the next two episodes is i hope that they don't spend like half of the time just trying to justify why Jordan's back. I would rather just like not get any of that information. Focus on the kids. Focus on like even like the thing with like Courtney and Cameron, how they're gonna like work out at the end or if they don't. Like I would even be more interested in that. Yeah. I'm just like we're done with the white men, please. The older ones, like well, I mean, I can keep Pat. I just I can't. Sylvester and and Jordan, you can take both of them away. Like you can make them disappear next episode and be like, just accept that they're gone. And I'll be like, okay, fine. For that, I will suspend disbelief. Okay. So so yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm. It's not that I'm happy to see the show end. The show had so much promise, but season three hasn't exactly been the season that has left me like. Oh my God! Um, um, what are they gonna do next? Instead, I would have been worried of where they were gonna take the season if it was just gonna be the Jordan McKent and Starman show. Like, I wouldn't have watched this show if it was the original JSA. Just that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great place to end because I have nothing else left to say, and unless you just want me to scream some more. No, no, I think we're good. We just have two episodes left, so let's hope we have some good things to say next time. Um, yep. You can visit StargirlPodcast.com for all the latest news about the Stargirl show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stargirl Podcast as well. Um, though, and honestly, I know we only have two episodes left, but I still want those five-star reviews. Let me be honest, okay? All the, the whole outro that we do doesn't make much sense with the show being canceled. <laughs> But I would still like five-star reviews. I just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm and it's going to be there forever. Yeah, it's like a legacy thing at this point. Like, what legacy do we want to leave? Yes. We want to leave five-star reviews because we are part of the DC TV Podcast Network. Who knows how many shows are left? Um, <laughs> Who knows how uh, many shows will be left at the end of the year? All of them deserve five-star reviews. Um, There's social media at DCTV Podcast. You know where to find them. Is Twitter even going to be around? Who knows? But <laughs> Who Facebook, knows? Who knows? <laughs> okay, so this outro is just basically us saying who knows. But I will say that if you want to send us an email before this ends, we would like that. And we've had some very, very nice emails in our time. And we promised to check uh, before our final podcast. So... I will repeat the email, which is stargopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, just in case you want to say goodbye to us, uh, we will. We promise we'll be checking the email. That and that's it. it. <laughs> we <laughs> did it together. Okay.